welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Awesome. God is so good. We are experiencing signs and wonders and miracles. That's what we're leaning into. We are leaning into heavenly encounters and we never stop leaning into heavenly encounters. As I was praying and just really asking the Lord, on what to share, uh, he gave me a, a title and it's called Face to Faith Encounters because uh, our faith in Jesus Christ is the most important. And then as I looked up the word encounter, the word encounter simply means to run into. I don't know about you, but running into God is the best thing that happened to me. <laughs> God encounters can transform us and give us vision, purpose, direction, even healing and hope. You know, miracles are good. Miracles are powerful and we we want miracles. Signs and wonders are awesome. Prophecies are great, but it must all lead you to your moment of an encounter with Jesus. That is the greatest miracle of all. And since giving my life to Jesus Christ 32 years ago, I've had many aha moments in God. I've had many moments. But today I wanna share two in particular that has been a significant defining time for me. It has shaped me and altered my life's purpose and passion. Before we go any further, I'd like to just pray. Is that all right, Father, I wanna thank You for this wonderful opportunity to come together as not just believers, but as followers of Christ. I wanna thank You for the Church of Jesus Christ. And as we've worshiped You and have we leaned into Your presence and Your power, Lord, I'm asking that the living Word touch every heart today. Let it be a miracle that flows from my mouth because of Your Word, Lord, that will touch hearts as they lean into You. And Lord, that they would encounter You new and afresh in Jesus' Name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, there's been two significant defining times that has really shaped me and once again has altered my life's purpose and passion. The first one was my greatest joy. My greatest joy, yes, my children, but more importantly, sorry kids, more important was my salvation experience. So for me, I was radically saved. I, was, I felt like a brand new person on the inside. I knew that I was forgiven. I knew that I was accepted and I knew that I was loved. And the second time was my greatest heartache. When my eldest son, Christian, at 18, had graduated to heaven, he and two other boys, Adam and Daniel, uh, graduated to heaven. They were instantly taken, killed in a car accident which left our, our Bobby, our Robert Pike, who, who, who's a member here, fighting for his life. And we're just thankful that Bobby's with us and powering on, amen. But in both of these times, I ran to God. I encountered Jesus in a personal and powerful way. Many of you have heard this story. So if you have, please just listen intently because I believe that still God wants to minister to you. You know, when my eldest son graduated to heaven long before I was ever ready to say goodbye, 
There wasn't a second thought for me. I knew that running to God was the only way He was going to be able to heal my broken and crushed heart. He was my only hope. And you know, and I'd always focused about living this victorious life here on earth. And so I know that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. I know what it is to live this victorious life. I know what it is to overcome. But you know, I never thought about heaven until then. I thought one day I'll get there and you know, and then I'll figure it all out. But obviously Christian being in heaven and my Saviour, my lover of my soul, Jesus was in heaven. I wanted to find out more what heaven was about. So I started to devour books on heaven. You know, the book of Psalms was food to my soul and I just really wanted to know all about heaven. And I wanted to know through hearing other people's experiences about heaven. I searched through the Scriptures on what heaven was like. Then to have my own encounters, hearing the audible voice of God within and having a glimpse of heaven myself. And so here today, I stand healed because of the ongoing encounters of the living Word, Jesus. But I had to pursue Him. See, real face-to-face encounters initiates a process of living a greater life of faith in Jesus Christ. We know that it's the just shall that shall live by faith. Faith is of the heart. But you know, we serve a living and powerful God who wants us to experience Him and encounter Him and share in His glory and His presence. That's why His Spirit lives in us. Let me tell you, heaven is closer than you think. Heaven's not there, heaven's here. It's closer than you think. You can experience heaven here on earth. In 2 Corinthians, which we'll go to in chapter three, we read an Old Testament account. When Moses came down from the mountain after being face to face with God, as he comes down the mountain with the tablets of stone of the 10 commandments, The people of God could not look at His face because of the glory of God. Moses had to wear a veil so he could be with them. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says when we become born again, come on, this is the greatest miracle of all. When you become born again, the veil over an unbelieving mind that had blinded us and blocked us from His presence has been removed. We are no longer separated from His presence. We're no longer separated from having heaven here on earth. And we're gonna read from verse 16 now. It says, Whenever people's hearts are turned to face God, as Moses did, God removes the veil and they are face to face. They suddenly recognise that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiselled stone. And when God is personally present, who wants God personally present? And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognised as obsolete. In other words, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. We are free from it. All of us, nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become more like Him. Isn't that beautiful? 
You know, when Jesus gave up His Spirit on the cross and He gave it up, it didn't, no one took it from Him. When He gave up His Spirit and He, Jesus, who knew no sin became sin for us, what took place then, when that took place, that the veil, the curtain that separated us from the Holy of Holies that only the high priest could, could go to was wrenched in two from top to bottom, which means for us that we can come boldly into the throne room of heaven and receive His mercy and grace, and experience His presence here on earth. Because a real encounter with Jesus this real encounter, this, this encounter coming in right into the Holy of Holies will lead you to a radical change of life, will lead you to a greater place of intimacy with God, with your Heavenly Father and will impact others around you. You know, and it's interesting as I was really looking at the, the fact that we say encounters with God, but you know what? Jesus never used the word God. He always said, my Father. My Father. You see, when you become intimate with Him, it's no longer God, it's my Father, our Father who art in heaven. See, that's why for you and I, for this to happen, you need your own encounter with Him. And the Word of God talks about people who have lived questionable lives, who were undeniably radically changed through their own encounter with Jesus. Just like the Samaritan woman, she was just thought she was going to the well to get water, but she encountered Jesus. She ran into Jesus and she was totally transformed. We read the account of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a, he was an infamous tax collector. He was a sinful man. He was taking money that didn't belong to him. But when he went ahead of the crowd, he saw Jesus and he encountered Him for himself personally. We see another story of Mary Magdalene. She was another woman who was sinful. She had seven demons, but when she ran into Jesus, she was totally set free. She became a devoted follower of Christ. See, the point I'm trying to make, and I think it's really important for us to understand, is your encounter with God is not based upon your titles, your degree or your capabilities. It's not how good you are or how good you have been. Your encounter with Jesus is because God wants to meet with you. He wants you to see Him. See, the Bible talks about many sinners who had encountered Jesus and His disciples were, weren't, they weren't always good fellows themselves. Yet there were priests, there were rabbis, there were Sadducees, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law who completely missed the boat. They completely missed Him. See, God encounters are not dependent on how spiritually mature you are, although we are encouraged to grow. It's not how long you've been coming to church, although being in the house of God is good, right? It's not an excuse for us to behave badly. It's not an excuse for us to take God's grace for granted, but it's about running into Jesus. It's about running into the One that will change your life forever. God wants you to experience and encounter Him personally. He just doesn't want you to know about Him. He wants you to know Him. And it was that 32 years ago. You know, lots of you have been around for a while, have heard this story over and over again. But for me, it's so fresh and new every time I share it. 32 years ago, 
When I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, it was a pastor. My friend Sue introduced me to her pastor and he said one word to me, one word to me that made me encounter Jesus. Then I knew that I knew that it was only Jesus that could have known this. And my life was radically changed. My life was transformed to the point where I ran home. You know the story, I ran home and I said to Claude, we were living together at the time. And I said to Claude, I can't live with you anymore. I've fallen in love with another man. His name is Jesus. He thought I was weird and he left me. But this is why you need your own encounter. People can deny the Bible, but they can't deny your own encounter with God. Knowledge about God is not an encounter. In fact, knowledge sometimes can puff us up. It's about encountering the living, breathing Word, Jesus. Know His heartbeat. Know the God of the Word. Listen, you can't get through life unless you know the God of the Word, not just the Word of God. Now, while the children of Israel were seeing the miracles of God daily, Moses was experiencing encounters. Psalm 103 verse 7 says, You unveiled to Moses your plans and showed Israel's sons what you could do. I don't know about you, but I don't want to know what God could do. I just don't want to know that. I want to know His plans for my life. I want to encounter Him. I want God to show me everything because I can experience everything that God has for me. And so we know that God wants us, our lives to be radically changed. But you know what? Your your encounter with Jesus must lead you to a greater intimacy with your heavenly Father. May sound strange, I know, but in my darkest season, I actually felt the closest to Him. Everything the world had to offer actually seemed so meaningless. When He's all you got, there is nothing else you need. Every day I had to run into His arms, the arms of Jesus, because He was the only one that could heal this broken and crushed heart. My only hope was Him to bring me through. And I sense today there's some of you that you are feeling like in that place where everything else seems so meaningless. And let me tell you, you are in the right place because you are running into Jesus today. My encounter with Jesus in my brokenness was that He heals the broken heart and He does bind up our wounds. Now, when running into Jesus, what I really wanted to do was to see Jesus. And, and I would say that I want to see you, Jesus. But in that seeing Jesus, can I just be honest with you? I also wanted to see Christian alongside him. And that's okay, right? And it was at this particular time when I knew that Claude was getting a little bit concerned. So I kept on saying, heaven is a nice place. He was getting concerned, not that I would have ever done anything. But I just, I thought about heaven. I thought about where Christian could have been. And I kept on saying to to the Lord, you know, what's Christian doing right now? What's he doing? And then, you know, he would show me these visions and he would show me lots of things. He would show me pictures where Jesus was on the riverbank and he was watching all these young people in the river of life having fun. But he would show me this other vision. 
this glimpse of heaven that I, I, I wondered why, how, what it was all about. And He would show me this room and it was like a classroom, but it was a classroom where it had all these ancient books, history books, ancient right up to the ceiling and all these young men in this classroom and they were learning. They were learning and they were being trained and they were learning. And this picture never left me. And I kept asking the Lord, you know, you know, why? And every now and then these young men would get taken up into worship and they would go into the Holy of Holies and they would sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. It was a beautiful experience. And every time I asked, you know, what is, Jesus, what is Christian doing? He would show me this. Well, it was about five years after that. And I kept thinking, is this just me? Am I imagining? Is this, my me- is this just something that I've seen, which I don't know where or how? And then five years later, my beautiful friend, Prophet Pete, Peter Christensen, would have his lovely wife here, Christine, who are the dearest friends of ours, had his own encounter of heaven. Now, if anyone else had told me, I have to be honest, I probably wouldn't have believed it because and I had lots of people sharing things to me that, you know, Christian showed me this and someone said this and someone there. And I thought, mm, that's not scripturally right. No, don't get that. But because I know the relationship that Christian had with Peter and I know the integrity of Peter and I know that Peter is a man that, that, that is intimate with the Lord, I knew it was God confirming to me the image that He was showing me, the glimpse of heaven that He was showing me was real. And this is what I'd like to share with you. This is what Peter saw. He says, I then saw Christian. I was amazed at his eyes. They reflected a joy that made my spirit leap. When I continued to gaze in his eyes, I could see the contentment and peace. I was then made aware of the moment the boys were taken from the earth. I saw Christian taken instantly. He experienced no pain. He was immediately caught into the spirit world. I saw Claude and I standing around his body and Christian looking down with apprehension and no desire to return to his body. He then told me that he was so happy and that this was his destination. When he said this, a deep sense of joy flooded my mind. And this is what confirmed for me. I was aware that he was being trained and developed for a strategic task in this domain. He said to me that he was learning about the mystery of ages. His hunger and passion to learn was amazing. He glowed inwardly and outwardly with the glory of the Father. I could see that nothing held this back from happening in this dimension. I saw him taken with many other young men, his age to the throne room, and they were giving the right to sing to the Father. God took so much pleasure in their praise. The throne was full of laughter and together they were all enveloped in His love. You know, I've never, ever shared this before. I've never shared that that glimpse I had from heaven. But what I can tell you today, and I believe the Lord wants you to know that, and this is what's taught me, don't ever doubt what God shows you in the secret place. See, God created your imagination for Him to put visions in your mind, not for the enemy to use it to fantasise of things that are not of God. And so when you filter your mind, when you keep it filtered on looking towards heaven, God will reveal things to you. He will show you things to come. He He will reveal and unlock the mysteries of heaven to you. 
See, the more you hunger for God's presence, the more you put yourself in a position to run into Him. See, encounters are not for the educated. They are for the hungry. They are for the ones who say, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. We see throughout the Bible, we see God encountered people who were broken, who are imperfect, who are fallen, and yet they had one thing in common. They were willing to pursue Him above everything else. And I sense there's a few here this morning that are feeling a little bit broken, that are feeling a little bit imperfect, that are feeling a little bit like, I want to see Jesus. Do I get an amen with that? See, God encounters bring radical change. They bring a greater intimacy with your heavenly Father. But your God encounters will also impact others. See, your experiences are used for others to encounter the Gospel. The Bible talks about many who received their miracles from Jesus, but it was only those that actually encountered Him whether did they impact others. There were many that got miracles. There were many that received it. Some of them never even went back to Jesus, but it was only those who encountered Him that impact others. God used the Samaritan woman's testimony of encountering Jesus for others to experience Him. The Samaritan woman said, Come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. And so they went to meet Jesus and they said, Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is the Saviour of the world. See, you don't have to just hear from someone else. You can experience Him for yourself. In Acts chapter 4, when the people saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know what? This really comforts me because God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He uses the people who feel like they're inadequate to make them adequate. These guys were uneducated. They were smelly fishermen, but they, but they became like Jesus because they dropped their nets and they chose to follow Him. See, radical change, greater intimacy, impacting others. That is what a heavenly encounter will do to you. And if I could ask the worship team to join me, because I want to take my time here. On a personal note, as I said, I share this often because to me, it, 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 it was an encounter that has never, ever left me on the day of Christian's celebration service. It was his testimony of his life that spoke to people, in particular to our family, because they knew his life of faith in Jesus Christ. And 25 family and friends gave their life to Jesus Christ. 25 family and friends met Jesus for the first time. And witnessing this, even though it blessed my heart so much, Obviously, still grieving, there was an anguish, there was a cry. And as I ran to Jesus, as I ran to Him every day, I remember one day I was in my kitchen, I remember 
everything about that day. I ran to Jesus and I got on my knees in the middle of the kitchen and, I, and in my cry of anguish, I said, don't let my son's blood be in vain. Don't let one drop of my son's blood be in vain. Continue to use it for your glory. Let it be a witness and a testimony for others of his life, what he's done to impact others. And suddenly this audible voice from within me, I've never experienced that before. This audible voice, it spoke within me. And he said, that's how I feel about my son's blood. See, I'd watch those movies around Easter time and I had a little tear or two and I'd been saved for some time and I knew what Jesus had done for us and what God had given. But can I be honest with you? That day, I only really had the revelation of the depth of God's love for you and I. It was only that day that I really understood the great sacrifice Jesus Christ made. See, my son's blood won't save you. It will, his testimony will impact others. It's only the blood of Jesus that can save you. It's only what He did on the cross that can set you free. And today, you know, this Scripture in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, is what I live by. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't think only about things down here on earth. And I have found that when you are heaven bound, you are earthly good. Because there's been some, there's been times when this journey has been a bit tough, this pastoring has been a bit tough. And I've wanted to think, wanted to say, you know what? I'll go do something else. <laughs> this is really tough. You know, I'll be a good person. I'll sit in the rows and I'll support whoever because I know what it's like to lead and it's tough going. I'll be the greatest supporter. I'll serve, I'll do anything. But you know what? Heading, you know, steering this ship, it's tough sometimes. And then this Scripture comes to memory and I remind myself, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I'm heaven bound because all I can take with me is people. Nothing, not these clothes I'm wearing. All I can take with me is people. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.